evening, everybody. Scott Stevens here with uh, another perspective. It's the uh, twice a week, 30 plus minutes or so that I get to talk about something outside of weather. I get to talk about outside of out of, out of climate. Some of those things that uh, those things are important to me and they're important to all of us simply because how they're going to play out in the coming uh, weeks and months and years are a whole nother story. And we've we're so caught up in this in this petty thing, this, these petty little squabbles uh, amongst what's going on outside. So I want to talk about what would change everything. What would change it? What what potentials are out there that uh, could show up in the news tomorrow? Could you could have a flash in your dream? What could change everything? And so I'm going to call this show the biggest or the greatest secret. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go down that road because I think we're coming up on an, in, on an inflection point. There are so many things that are going on around the world. Some small things are, are petty. Other things are, are epically large. And to be able to put them all together, I think, is going to be uh, one of the, the most important things. So we're just going to call this... Uh, the greatest secret. So let's uh, come over here. I didn't have this pre-stored. What, what's going on here, Scott? We'll, we'll call it the greatest secret. And uh, I believe we'll have a unifying event or events that will make us, force us, challenge us to step back and look at what's really going on on the planet. And most everybody will be excited for things to happen because I have the sense that Many of us, we like our disaster movies. I don't know why, we just do. That inside our souls, inside our potentials, uh, we came to earth in this point in time to accomplish something, to do some work, to be who we are and not who we're programmed to be and not who we've been hypnotized to be and probably not even who our parents wanted us to be. So that that excites me. So let's roll on through this. It's it's not a long slideshow, but there's a lot in it. All right. So what event would change everything? What if Trump were found guilty of something? Would that change everything? What would that do to the news? What would that do to half the population that wants to see him dealt with? Or what would happen if there's prosecution of the former administration? Something that I always thought Obama was going to do is go after the previous administration. You know, let's have some accountability here. Would that change anything? What if Biden won the election? Or is that just like getting back with your ex when you're kind of fed up with it? Would winning the lottery change everything? What about, so what if you're right about global climate change? Does that change anything? Does the sun not still come up tomorrow? Does it still not rain? Does it still not get cold in the winter? So if you're right about that, does it absolutely change anything. So how about landing that gig or that contract or that new job that you've waited, you've lusted so long for? What does that change? A new car with free gas forever, because if we're not careful, we're all going to have these checks just showing up in the mailbox or in the bank account every single week. That's kind of the trajectory we're on. So you've got a car with free gas forever and then paying off that damn debt. Does that change anything? What about getting along with all of your family? What if everyone always told the truth? That might change a little bit of something. What if that neighbor could just see the world that you do, the way you do, through your eyes? What if that part of my body would just cooperate so it didn't hurt so much? 
What if I felt safe enough so they didn't have to lock up the house, the car, or the bike every time I stepped away from them, that I could trust my neighbor? That might change a few things. What if we could all just get along? Would equality as promised in the Constitution deliver happiness? We already have that in the Constitution, so why aren't we happy? Why aren't we not living by that? What if animal cruelty ended, human trafficking, slavery, and capitalistic or just plain simply predatory business practices, would that make you happy? What if we had freedom of religion, expression, creative, free enterprise without concern of the big guys coming along and stopping you from creating and becoming and and expressing and delivering those gifts that you were born with? Would that make you happy? Would peace on earth change everything? What if it were just peace for security, but at the cost of liberty? Would that make you happy? Would any of those listed items keep humanity from then reverting back into the same old patterns? And then more importantly, since this seems to have been so very important for so very long, does money equate to happiness? It can give you some ease. You don't have to worry about the price of gas, that there can be food as long as it's there in the refrigerator, but there isn't necessarily the spousal squabbling over which bills to pay. Do I just pay the past due amount or do I do the whole thing and then just hold your breath until the next check comes in? What holds or more appropriately imprisons humanity into this agreed upon reality? And then what would completely change everyone's view of themselves and their place in what we perceive as being this reality. It is our concepts of who and what we believe ourselves to be that hold us back. The concepts, it is truly that simple, first as individuals and families, and then if we expand it out a little bit as a country, a nationality, and then finally, the larger grouping tends to follow in a religious construct because we have surrendered that aspect of being told who we are rather than largely discovering who we are to the church, to the church. That is something that is given us from a very, very young age, and whether it's given us, given us or forced upon us, the impression is there, and we live with that impression usually through the rest of your life. So, and then finally, the overlying concept is who we are collectively as a human species. Are we originating from the microbes? Have we gone through and crawled out of the oceans from flippers to feet, from four legs to two legs, from monkeys to then human beings? Is that even reasonable? Is that kind of time even possible? Even though archaeology says, no, 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 no. There are remains of humans, whether it's footprints in stone, whether it's artifacts that are very, very old. And what if creation or evolution still happens from the greater to the lesser? What if it is always from the top down? What event would have to would have enough unifying energy to unite and then given the ability to define or let's just say potentially redefine all of those concepts that we so strongly identify with? What if we could be shown or what if we could yeah, I didn't make that right? What if we could be uh, shown an example of compare and contrast to see and then mirror ourselves? And this is how we tend to learn as kids. 
we have a parental unit, and they are supposed to be our example of how to be, how to live, how to treat each other, how to treat our siblings. And so we have these mirrors around us constantly. But when our mirror becomes our phones, when our mirror becomes the television, when our mirror becomes Hollywood, when our mirror becomes Washington, D.C., London, or or any of these national capitals— what are they showing us? They're showing us concepts of how they live, of what is important to them. So I can see two options, two potential events that could finally break the mold that as humanity and as our thought processes and how we emotionally feel about things, we have become so firmly crystallized into. Number one, this event that some light, some power, reveals itself, whether it's fake or a legitimate divine experience, because there's plenty of blue beam talk, one or the other, and that will be up to an individual person to discern. But I would anticipate that in very, very short order, it would be clear. Those that have the eyes to see would see, and those that don't would react. There's going to be a reaction either way. However, it becomes an event upon which reality would have to be expanded to then include, to make your experience whole. This would be number one. Number two, and this has been programmed in us by Hollywood for a long time. I always liked sci-fi. I still do. Anticipating that through the point of my life, this would just become unaccepted reality. That humanity is not alone. And I like to say none of us are truly from here. We're just visiting Earth and we've got some karma with the planet. Whether we're here through one whole 26,000-year cycle or multiple cycles doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what's happening right now. If we get lost in past lives, if we get lost down what we could have been, did do, or might do, or should have done, we like to beat ourselves up for that one as well, we still take ourselves out of the potential within a moment. So which will it be? Number one or number two? These concepts that we hold so dear of ourselves would in an instant forever be altered. This is the power of concepts and potentially our power in developing new ones as we integrate new experiences because we have to make sense of it and we can only make sense of it with our past experiences, the wisdom that we bring into the moment of time. So both of these events would alter our views of A, number one, humans being alone in this infinitely large universe. And it was just the other day where uh, this... uh, Alma, which is an incredible uh, telescope uh, down in, in Chile. Uh, it's a series of, a multi, of millimeter wavelength radio telescopes. And because they're stretched out over very such, uh, such a long baseline array is essentially what it is, it acts like an incredibly large scope. And so they determined that they had, let's just say, they teased out of the data of Venus a biochemical which can, and I don't remember the name of it right now, which can only be produced by life. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is life in what they perceived to be or understood to be or thought they knew was one of the most inhospitable places, at least in the inner, in the inner solar system. And there we have the potential for life. On an, in an oxygen-starved environment, this particular molecule, this compound thrives 
And there it is in that kind of environment. So we have to reassess where life can, can manifest. So humans are not alone, never have been. And that's an exciting thing. And that's also part of what would have to change with both of these outcomes is the story, the true story of humanity. So number two, dimensions and tra travel between is possible and can largely or can be done regularly and these dimensions traversed. So both revelations would then show us how it's done. Because with the divine revelation, that awareness is then just gifted with consciousness. There's an ability to perceive. You can understand. You don't have to think through things. Your just direct perception becomes available. And that's the, that's the beauty of that aspect of, uh, of a revelation, if you will, is that you would have an all-knowingness. And so these things that we go to school to understand, we would simply direct your attention to that, and then the knowledge is then brought to you. That's how it works in the upper realms. So both of these revelations would then show us how it's done. Knowledge and revelation from above, and both are appropriate, would, will transform how we conceptualize and view ourselves as human beings, and thereby altering how we treat each other. And then by default, all of our relationships. And that's where our friction in society, in the world, in our homes today, is from not knowing how to treat one another. We're so triggered by our emotions or what we think that we can't let go and give other people space to be who they are because it bothers us so damn much. So even from marriages to what I would find most amazing is the inanimate life that's on earth, the, the rocks, the plants. And there's still the, the, those beliefs that animals don't have souls. Won't that be a surprise? So how will this change one of these or both of these two events? And I really have this feeling that if the second coming, if you will, arrives, that changes humanity enough so that the other entities, the other civilizations, the other species that A, are in the earth, near the earth, or have watched over earth would then be safe in approaching approaching and telling and sharing with us the history that we may have with them or the future. If you want to look at this as a finished creation, the future we've already had with them. And that's a possibility too. So simply because we will be willing to have a greater vision of the vista of life that has always lay in front and laid in front of our eyes. But because we've been unable to conceptualize anything much greater than what we already are or have been programmed to think we are, our ability to become more was intentionally crippled. Intentionally crippled. Humanity has had hobbles put upon it. And we have lived like this for millennia. We have been slaves to those who have watched over us. And why? Simply for control. Control of our infinite potential. Control of our ability to see the past, and then eventually beyond the bars. And if, if all we had was our imagination, that astral eye, our imagination to see and to envision into the beyond, that is what has been kept from us. We're so occupied by fear, by anger, by others, and by what we're told to be or not to be, that our imagination is nothing like what it used to be. It's like living in a mist world. Coming from weather, what if the clouds never cleared? What if the fog never came too far off the surface of the planet? 
What if day after day after day, the fog never left? Weeks passed, months passed, seasons passed, and then years passed, and the fog never lifted. What would that do to your imagination? Would we have strived for the stars? Would we have conceived of rockets, of going to the moons? What would Galileo, Copernicus, what would they have done? Would Newton have considered about gravity, sitting under a tree, and and, and the apple falls? Would gravity even be an issue if you could never see beyond the fog? If you can't see, you can't imagine. If you can't imagine, we can't create anew. So if there's no visible sky, sun, moon, or stars, you'll never strive to see them. You'll never go through that veil, that boundary, that conceptual limit. Even though those may and always have existed just beyond the veil, you can't see it. So you can't conceive yourself of going there. So after these events happen, will we, do we want to change? And then after the event, our perceived place in this illusory reality will be jolted to a very different location. Not a physical location, but a different place of seeing, a different place of viewing our life on earth and how we live and spend our days. All of these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, same thing over and over and over again. Our lives are like lived on a treadmill. What are we conceptualizing so we can move beyond the slavery, the control, being hobbled to live inside this economy, inside this structure that has been carefully, slowly, sometimes gently, often forcefully enclosed around us so our potential can be limited. So as we begin to see and view from this different place, one from where a flood of questions would naturally flow, questions applicable to aliens from another time, another place, are they from another dimension, or the deity, obviously representing a far greater and more expansive point of view and consciousness. This would naturally bring us questions such as, where have you been all this time? Why are you here? What comes next? What can you teach us? What are we willing to be taught? What have we been taught that isn't true? And then what of our history? What if humanity's great and illustrious history has been hidden from us? So, the next or both will ultimately reveal an expansion of global and individual consciousness, where we'll think differently, we'll think different patterns, we'll, it, it will it's like plowing the field. The weeds that have been there, those things that we've had to negotiate around and around and around and around will finally be turned over. The ground will be rough, but it will be absolutely new terrain. And this, my friends, is the beauty of chaos. It's the opportunity to see from a different place and the opportunity to create a new, not necessarily new chains, but you won't know until patterns are established but to create a new. So let's compare. What would be the things if, A, it's a second coming, obviously we would be taught or shown or maybe just understood in a surge of consciousness the meaning of life. And with that example, that contrast and compare standing in front of us, a greater understanding of the divine and of God itself, even if we can only contain a sliver of that purity, of that brilliance, 
of that divine power, his laws, which are likely exceedingly simple and basic so all can understand regardless of our accomplishment. The need for love versus attachment. How to get back home. Why we're here. And then there'd be the science of the divine. Fueled by love and grace. And that ultimately would lead to that part of God which is in all of us that is always pure and that allows for his omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence inside each one of us, that being the soul. He's back to reclaim what is his, which is your soul. And then the alien review would be somewhat different. Obviously, our relationship with the rest of the physical universe would would come to the forefront. Certainly, that's something the scientists would be keen to understand and to compare their sciences and what their understandings are today of where we are compared to this vast knowledge, this library, which would show up through a portal of some sort or another. And those laws still would be karmic, would still be cause and effect. What you do unto others should be done unto you. That's immutable. Respect for all life forms. Because if they've been given and have understood and accomplished the, the travel across great distances, you've come across life forms and planets in all sorts of states of evolution and progress, and you respect them. Back to Star Trek, if you will. In the prime directive, if they're not ready, you leave them be. Is humanity ready? Have we been left to ourselves until we're ready to join that brotherhood? in the skies, that greater brotherhood. And then is that even compared to, say, a second coming where the divine is asking you to join that? Or would we simply be content with a bigger neighborhood with or without a church? And then awareness of how to get along. When you're space-born and dealing with numerous, if not hundreds of thousands, of kind of civilizations, some probably littered with AI and others still biological, you've got to get along. And then the science of the invisible becomes very clear because propulsion, energy sources aren't going to be oil. Our days of oil on this planet, despite all the protests and, and petroleum likely wanting to hold on, are still very, very limited. There aren't many days, if, not many years left. The, that age is nearly past. You know, just progress demands that uh, evolution. And then the law of compassion and then ultimately the alien reveal would, would go to the mind. Knowledge, understanding. And that kind of uh, that kind of progress. So, Ben Rich, the second director of Lockheed Martin, Martin Skunk Works, stated during a 1993. Can you believe how long this was ago? 27 years that we already have the means to travel among the stars, but those technologies are locked up in black projects and would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. So maybe God should come first, and then the aliens can show up. Personally, that's what I think will happen. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. And now we're back to concept creating. If you can imagine it, or even probably can't imagine something that you haven't been exposed to, now we're back to learning via contrast and compare. So the reveal has been intentionally held back from humanity for at least three generations. I think the Nazis in Germany were well on their way to studying the invisible and had great, great powers that the Americans found fascinating and we paperclipped them back stateside. And then they've stayed underground at least since the 40s. So I believe that the impatience with Earth's leadership regarding this reality will soon force the reveal. A slow disclosure is underway. The press and its controllers 
the CIA and the IC, the intelligence community, still stand in the way. They don't want to give up their secret technologies. That allows them to remain the intelligence communities. If they have powers, if they have magic powers that can't yet be seen or understood, then all the better for them. They're able to do what they what they see. So this reveal, let's just say, he reached down from on high and took hold of me and he drew me out of deep waters. We are down deep, energy so dense that it's solidified. We're near the bottom of his creation. We're that far down. And with eight levels of, of heaven above us, that's a long, long reach down. So this reveal has it's is on its own timetable, kind of like a thief in the night. Though some time travelers who have experienced this event tell us that the Christmas of 2020 will be a very special experience, but yet a trying time for all of mankind. And I get the sense that all of us would agree that the year 2020 definitely has a biblical feel to it. Yet no one knows until the light appears and the surge of divine consciousness and increased awareness overtakes us all. And then, and only then, will we know. All right, a couple other shows that we do. Vicki's got her five-day-a-week coffee show at 11 o'clock Mountain Time, and then Tracy has Unlocked running Tuesdays. Thursdays are uh, American time, also at 6 o'clock. So good to see you guys over here. Let's kind of run through these conversations here. i I, I kind of been glancing over, but uh, possible, isn't it? Blue being involved in 9-11, something was going on. Because i got to wonder where those aircraft really went, where they came from. Where did the passengers go? Fair question. Fair question. That would be a global shocker. I think both of them will. And we're here to experience it. We are here to see both of these events come to pass. Uh, Ryan, depending on the level of the event between uh, support and self-survival. I, th- I think ultimately there will be a lot of people. There's, it's a cleansing. It's straight up, it's a cleansing. What I'm kind of struggling with is some of these time travelers are very clear that a large, large, large event happens in China within the week. And that kind of sets all of these dominoes in motion. And when it happens, you'll know. You'll know that we can't go back. There's no going back that this timeline has now been cemented in, that all our our little threads in this tapestry of life will all have to converge at one of these two points, one of these two experiences each and every one of us will go through. And that truly, that's our destiny. And that excites, the the exciting, that excites me to no end. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Karen, uh, I believe this is the human condition. The levels of true awareness produce the ratios, clarity to fog. That was an interesting uh, book that I had come across. Okay, that's, and uh, Casey, that's probably dealing with um, more of uh, of your bandwidth. I don't know. I hope I'm sort of clear. Uh, December 21. So you think it's another year down the road? Um, yeah, there's some exciting guys that have uh, kind of show up on Twitter now and again have, and have had the privilege of traveling. And because the timeline, some of them are absolutely coming to a close. That's the point. We've had all these these powers that be that have this time viewing technology. They can bounce back and forth between threads. But when the nexus, the singularity, that unifying event shows up, everything collapses all the way back down to one when that power arrives on the scene. 
and then um, takes the crown. And then all of the old bloodlines mean absolutely nothing. And it's all reset and we begin anew. All right, that's kind of a fun show. I enjoyed it. I really had different intentions. I thought it would be more on the UFO issue, but I'm glad it kind of took this took this, took this this tint, uh, this, uh, this angle. It, uh, guys, bless your hearts. We've got some crazy things coming. We've got some truly, truly stressful and crazy things coming. But it will eventually bring us all to tears. The, the, the joy and the excitement of how uh, this grand play will eventually resolve. It's good. It's all good. All right, I'll catch you tomorrow. I'll wrap up some weather. Uh, look at uh, what Sally has done, and eventually a little closer eye on uh, uh, Teddy. Teddy's Teddy's at T storm, but more curious to me is the cold arriving. Some of the models are signaling some uh, cold arriving from Canada towards the end of the month. We may end up with another little cold spell, especially uh, focused. Uh, uh, Great Lakes states in New England this time rather than the Rockies. So that'll be interesting to see play out. Thanks for stopping by and, and for participating. I'll get this. I'm Artie's Clark's uh, uh, KC06 Killers. Clark research on Native American ET experiences. Many say the change the new world is massive. Age of Aquarius. We're on, we're on the end. Yeah, that's it. And it's all got to be resolved. All that judgment, all of that awareness. And I had a dream maybe three years ago now that there would be a, a bestowal of consciousness. I literally saw the two hands over the planet. And with that bestowal of consciousness, you can see. You can see what you've done, how it's impacted others. Everything you have done is made known. And from this greater point of view that is, can only be powered with straight-up love, then can you know how your actions fell short of your promises when you came to this existence? Because we all make promises. And if those promises can't be kept, then there's an accounting and there's a debt due. And that debt has to be paid or there are rewards, which then have to be served up. And then you get your choice. So it's, um, it's going to be some scary, scary, exciting times. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. And everyone have a great night and keep looking up. Mm-hmm.